What are we doing, Jack? We are scanning film at 10 frames per second. <laughs> Welcome, Jack Tash Gian. Is this how you really record your to podcast? To the celluloid ashram. Yeah, it is. Oh, my God. Tom. Oh. <laughs> Let me buy you a microphone. How'd you get your start, Jack? How'd I get my start? Where? Here or? Where'd you go to school? I went to Cal State Northridge. I don't recommend their film program <laughs> at all. I don't make it. I don't recommend it to anyone. Do you recommend film school in general to anyone? I recommend going to film school with the mindset of knowing you're not going to learn anything from a class. You're probably going to learn stuff from your peers, and you're going to learn how to deal with people. You know what? I, the last meeting we had um, at the ASCF. Yes. Um, it was funny because. Uh, the last meeting we had, um, we were talking about film school, and everyone recommended going to film school. I'm like, I kind of had to bite my, my tongue there. I don't, I, I don't, you, go, if you, if you're going to film school because your parents are making you, or you want to get a degree, or you think you're going to actually gain, like, a, a worthy education, then you have to, you have to pursue that yourself. You know, no one is going to actually teach you anything in film school. They're going to teach you concepts. They're not going to actually teach you I mean, again, it applies for the film school. Like, AFI, I, I would recommend going to AFI if you want to be a DP because... Okay. That's what they all recommended. Yeah, like because... Everyone there went to I AFI. mean, everyone I know... I mean, not everyone. I, a, lot, a lot of the people... The more people that I know that went to AFI be, became something than other film schools. Even, yeah. even, like, compared to NYU. Like, I know people that went to NYU they are not doing anything with their film degree. Right. But people, but I know directors, but more DPs that went to AFI that are literally signed to like UTA or Artistry or Iconic. Well, that's a kind of a, it's kind of a network thing, no? Yeah, I mean, I mean, it, sh- sure, but AFI is where you make your connections. Like, right. Again, like you, you don't. Go, I, I personally, the benefit I got out of film school are the people I met in film school, not the classes I. I I was wasting time in those classes. Absolutely. I was working as a freelance colorist while going to film school, and I was like, this, doing these stupid assignments are eating into the time where I could be dedicating into this freelance project that's going to actually give me a bigger benefit right. than this school is. School's not going to teach me how to color. Right. They didn't even teach me how to online media and Avid. Right. You that's I mean? tough. I mean, yeah, that's a, that's a, what, a occupational, um, on the set, on the site learning. Um, so what, what made you want to become a colorist? Well, I started, I started as a DIT, and I quickly realized that it wasn't for me because I, I just don't like being on set for that long. And it's a lot of... I mean, when you're, when you're starting out, right, you, you're not... Especially as a DIT, you're not starting as a, a DIT. You're starting as some dude that drags and drops footage from the camera Data to right a hard drive. Yeah. And they give you the shittiest hard drives, and they don't know anything, and it's, it's very frustrating. And... So, so I was like, well, what, what else does a DIT do? And then I found out they do, do something called live grading. And then I was like, this is dope because this is creative. Right, right. Then I was like, oh, my God, there's a whole field in post-production about grading, color grading. Right. And it was a perfect blend of, like, very technical and very creative because, you know, in color, as cameras and technology is changing, so is the education behind it. So, like, you have to learn new things. And the cool thing about color is, like, if you know, if you know how to emulate a film stock or if you study like a film curve you can really get interesting with your looks you know it's it's a very evolving medium so it doesn't get boring either so why um why were you um you're like a 
crazy film guy. I try to be. What, what, what's what's behind that? What's behind being a crazy film guy? Uh, I like... So it's funny. The first project I ever shot on 16 was because of CSUN, because they make you shoot. There's a, there's, That's cool. Yeah, they make you... Your intermediate film class is a sound sync 16-millimeter project. But they don't tell you where to go look for cameras. They don't tell you where to get oh. film. They don't tell you... They didn't have cameras on, on site? No. CSUN has one broken SR1. <laughs> like, I'm not... It doesn't even run. I'm like, why do you guys even have this? It's so stupid. Okay. So you have to do all of that yourself. And... Um, you know, I'm lucky. I have enough connections. And I did at that time. I was still very green. I had a connection at Panavision. And I got a free package. Oh, right. And well, what did they give you? They gave me an SR3. Oh, pan- for real? A Panavised SR3 with, like, uh, Panavised lenses. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was a whole... It was a crazy set. It was a crazy kit. And all they required was proof of insurance, which we got through the school. And the school fucked that up. We had to wait. <laughs> they put... They put the wrong name. They put Panavision instead of Panavision. There was something they had LLC. to do. On the, yeah, some yeah. LLC. Some, something like that. And it was a Saturday. Oh, and, you know, this, and we're, the gear is literally in my car. And the prep tech is like, I can't let you drive off until this is <laughs> sorted. And it took like three hours. And we finally got it sorted. And we were supposed to shoot that. Day. It was a mess. Wow. But, um, stressful. Very stressful. And then they made us take it to Photochem for our dailies, which was fine. Because I didn't know what the fuck I was doing back then. So, you know, it's, it's okay. <laughs> But now that I know so much more about film and film scanning, film scanning technology, it's like, yeah, you really got to know what you're looking for. Because right. you can get really screwed, especially on prices. Oh, uh, yeah. We don't uh, get, in, get more into that. But, like, um, so, like, now you made one film. Now did you're going to make a... What film well, did I make? You made the... Oh, the, the CSUN, CSUN, the CSUN one? Well, yeah. my thesis film, I also shot my thesis film at CSUN. We did not, I, I did it on 16. Okay. That's how I met you. Yeah. And the school threw a whole bitch fit about that. And that was really annoying. It's like, yeah. It why, are, why are schools so, like, resistant to a student taking initiative? Because it's their way or the highway is what it really feels like. And they don't really want you to do anything. I mean, I get, it makes sense because they have an established workflow and they don't want to do anything. They don't want to take the time to learn something new. I mean, all these people right. are, like, the last time we actually sat in an active editing bay or an active, like, set was, like, 30 years ago, you know, these you, professors. Yeah, true. <laughs> so you're cutting on a steambacker. Yeah. One of those cams. Well, what kind of... Okay, so that's frustrating. Why, what made you choose CSUN if you wanted to get into film? It was the closest school to me. Oh, gotcha. It was in the Valley, and it was cheap. Yeah. And I was going to community Good. college, and yep. I didn't want to do a foreign language to transfer to UC. I hated that. And I was like... Um, everyone I know went to CSUN I knew a lot of people that also did the film program at CSUN so I already knew it was a shit show Yeah, and I did it anyway because honestly it was to make my parents proud like sure I got the degree but like when I look back yeah I was exposed I was exposed to film which is really cool exposed exposed to film but it was like pun intended I was exposed to 60mm which is really great but I feel like I would have been exposed to that through Cuba or through you you know or I mean, I was loading jobs before I even shot that project. Wow. You know what I mean? Which, uh, on, a, on a, like a studio Music picture? videos. Oh, music videos. Yeah, I was, loading, I was loading music videos on the SR. So, how do you transition to being colorist? Like, you seem like you wanted to do more production work. What, what's going on with the colorist realm? Well, I like, I like the fact that I can... I'm a very technical person when it comes to computers. I know a lot of, like, how to make a computer run fast and how to navigate a computer fast. And 
color is a good mix of like doing something creative and also trying right. to like problem solve and yeah, do things yeah. fast and like okay how do I power window this to make this brighter but not affect this area and it's a lot of like puzzling and which is fun and then you get thrown very difficult jobs which suck but then you get past them and the next job is easier because you've, you've dealt with a new set of challenges right so like then then your transition is to be a colorist um, mm-hmm. you still have you bought a bunch of film cameras too can you tell people yeah. what the film cameras you have? Yeah, so I have I have a lot I have a lot of stills cameras. I have a Leica M6. Mm. I have a Xpan Hasselblad Xpan, which is a great camera. And then and I have a lot of 35 still cameras. But for for motion, I have a Scoopic. A really, really, I have a really nice Scoopic. I got it on a state sale for really cheap, and it works flawlessly. And I have a, I have a high speed SR2 PL. PL mount Super 16 modified by Ari Great Britain, so it's a it's a real conversion. Yeah. And then I got a set of super speeds with that, and a Canoptic 5.7 millimeter lens. So I have a really I have a very solid package. And I'm very help like I'm you know I paid for all of it myself, and I'm very happy that it's my like I own that package. Yeah. And I got a crazy deal on the camera. What was your reasoning behind getting the camera though? I want to shoot more, okay. and I think I don't want to be a digitally like if people want to hire me I want them to hire me for film like I people have asked me like, can, you, can you shoot this project and I'm like I don't own I tell them like I don't own a digital camera right right and they're like awesome. that's fine but what if we <laughs> what if we provide you like a black mat I'm like that's great but it's not it's not my style of shooting right you know because at the end of the day I know what I can do I know what I'm capable of and I just I can't get the looks that people want right with you're not behind camera. that stuff right? yeah it's like, and I don't care enough to learn so when, no. yeah, you shot this thing with uh, Jeff Goldblum. Um, Multiple. What was that like? It was great. I work with them a lot. They're a beautiful family, and they hire me and my friend Machete to just yeah, do, like, fun. On film, though. On film. And the great yeah. thing is, is, like, they don't need to release it to the public. Yeah. Like, they keep it. It's all oh, yeah, personal. That's cool. It's all very personal stuff. It's, so it's beautiful. Cool. It's, yeah. And it's very beautiful, and they yeah. pay for the film, which is great. And they love the projects and they're vi- they just let us do whatever we want with them yeah. and they're just happy with it and well, it's, it's a lot of fun and I get to just flex ideas like if there's something I want to try like pull this oh, yeah, stock yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah. I can do it because like I shoot so much with them yeah. that if I just fuck up a whole roll it doesn't really matter because yeah, that's yeah. so much other coverage you know what's um, like he he just got off of Jurassic World 3 I guess um, and he, that was all on film yeah, did he was, talk to you about that at all? No, I don't really. I don't really interact with talk him. shop. Okay. Because I try to keep it more personal. Was like he kind of like, whoa, the film camera? Yeah, he was. A lot of people because uh, I did. I filmed his kid's birthday, and um, a lot of people were industry people were there, right, right, and they yeah. were like, I haven't seen a camera like this in. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, and they're like, yeah. Everyone is shocked, and the 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 thing that shocks them more is when I tell them it's coming back, and they don't. Oh, yeah, yeah. They don't believe it, but okay, like you know. Five years ago today, SR3s were going for ten to fifteen thousand, yes. maybe even less. Yeah. Now they're going for averaging twenty to thirty. Yeah. You know, like Nick, that, there's a reason for that. Nick Allover at Standard Camera told me that he got his four sixteen for twenty thousand dollars. Yeah. And now there's one for ninety six thousand yeah, dollars. I saw that. I was looking at that one yesterday. <laughs> Dude, a four sixteen because of Walking Dead, they were impossible to oh, rent. Oh yeah, yeah. In, yeah. But now that the show's finally winding down, they're they're popping up. Oh, okay. So they're kind of they're kind of offloading the four sixteen. Yeah, I now. think I think a lot of rental houses are finally getting them back. Interesting, because that's what I've heard. Wow. That's yeah, why, because that's why I heard why you couldn't get a four sixteen was because of Walking Dead. I remember I was supposed to shoot a um, a feature in Atlanta about 
oh, a yeah. year ago. You're never going to get a 416. Yeah, until we, asked, get one. we asked for the 416 at that time, and they were all out, so they kind of bounced us over to uh, Panavision in Austin, Texas. And they said, well, maybe you can find something here. And they were like, dude, we'd have to... I go, I'm happy with an SR3. And they couldn't find... It's during the pandemic, so yeah. whatever. So um, what? So what is it about film that you really like as both a colorist and a shooter? As a, as a, as a colorist, you know, I think a lot of people, when they try to communicate looks to me, like, they always do the same shit. They always say, I want it to look like this, this, this. <laughs> and then they send me stills that... It's all film. So there's stills from all their favorite movies, and they're all st- film stills, and they're all, like, none of the stills match. So I'm like, I don't know what you're asking for here. You're just literally... Oh, I see what you're... Okay, you know, so yeah, they're, yeah. they're literally just sending a bunch of, like, saying. I like things that look like this. But what they're really saying is, I like the look of film. Right. Is what yeah, they're yeah. really saying. That's they don't know how to telling, communicate yeah. that. And I was talking to one of the image scientists here, and it was great discussion because it was, like, I think a lot of people subconsciously like film but don't know how to communicate it because of the texture and mm. the constant movement of it yeah, yeah, I think gives people a different reaction when they watch something on film right. than something so sharp so clear so digital right it's a human quality to have imperfections yeah like if you have if you have like a two minute take on film yeah more people I think are going to be engaged that two minute take than if it was a two minute take on visual yeah Why? because Why I think, think it is? Because I think with the stillness of digital, especially if it's a locked yeah. off frame, yeah, yeah. because there's no grain moving, there's yeah. no texture. Yeah, yeah. There's no film chatter. There's, there's no chatter, yeah. I think, because of all those elements. When you subtract all that and you just have this super still, still sharp yeah. image, yeah. big, a large format sharp image, it's a little unsettling. I think okay. it's a little unsettling. Depending um, on the frame. I feel like um, when I see something that's shot on digital, it feels like a little bit um, clinical. Yeah, you know, very clean. Everything seems so clean. And you know, and cl- like, the whole joke is, like, shooting 16 millimeters, like, just throwing a Band-Aid on a shitty project. Uh, yeah. Because you can make anything look good yeah. on film. But True. That, but that <laughs> says so much. When you think about movies, like, I think about this with exploitation a lot. Okay. If you, th- if you watch a exploitation film today, I mean, they're great. They're all amazing. Yeah. Like, Shaft's Big Score, um, Trouble Man, like, all yeah, of these Black Caesar, yeah. like, uh, Superfly... Yeah. They're all, Jones. yeah, a Black Belt Jones, yeah. f- great movie, yeah. but d- if you shot those movies today digitally, no one would watch them. No one yeah. would care. They would not look yeah, as yeah. artistically like, like this neo noir. Like it's like a very interesting subgenre of noir, yeah. black exploitation, and it's very stylistic. Well, you put you also brought up a good point. Well, uh, you brought this up that is going to uh, have a point, which is like when they shot on film, they really cared about sort of I mean for the most part Blackwell Jones and all, all those and Cleopatra Jones there's yeah. a lot of Joneses back then um, it's sort of like they really had to frame what they were going to do and yeah. care about what they were going to do right? it was more of a thoughtful process I feel like right? yeah. and they, they took more time with movies back then now it's yeah. like 15 was, days of trying to bang out <laughs> 35 million dollar features it's like well, what I mean, are you doing our mutual friend Skinner took Five days to shoot his features. Yeah, so, but, but right. I mean, but there's an energy to that. There's an energy to that, but there's a, there's a charm to that. Yeah, you know, if you, but I guarantee, if he did that five days on a digital camera, it looked like sh- yeah. I worked on those features. Yeah, yeah. The, the trash. Yeah, everything. The highlights are up to here. Yeah, and they don't know how to expose properly. At least for film, if you if you're, you can. That's also for indie projects. The glory of film is you don't really have to. If you don't have like flags and diffusion, all. 
bullshit fancy stuff, you'll be fine. Yeah. Because True, if actually, you get it scanned decently and you yeah. have that dynamic range, you're gonna be fine. You're the highlights you're blowing out, they still might be blown out, but they're not gonna be as harsh as a digital camera. Right. Like digital yeah. highlight roll off on digital, like especially consumer digital cameras. Yeah. Because I'm talking about like the lot of the indie more indie feature films and and short films I work on, a lot of music videos. They're all shown on like a black magic or like so an what, Alexa Mini with someone that doesn't really know what they're doing, you know. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's so. What I'm implying is that you can typically run and gun with film and be oh, fine. Yeah, I think I've seen I, that plenty of times. Yeah, I mean that's what a lot of people are doing now. Yeah. Is a lot of a lot of people. I think they're fine. Like, it's it's interesting because I feel like a lot of new filmmakers are more attracted to film, and a lot of them are coming up shooting stills. It's it's yes, that's good. Like shooting thirty five yeah. stills because of those whatever you can say tips or whatever, but it's. You can say Urban Outfitters, whatever, selling Instax film <laughs> is bullshit, but we need that because it drives people to say, okay, I'm yeah. sick of shooting this Instax format. Let's go motion. Where, let's go, yeah. or where can I expand from this? And it's picking up an SLR. Yeah. And figuring, oh, I love the look of portrait. I love Fuji stock. I yeah, love, yeah. And then once you start gaining that encyclopedic information for film, yeah. then it goes to motion. And then you have so much more to learn there. You know what I noticed a lot, which is strange? Um, like this, like in here, yeah. if you shot this on a black magic, there's no way you'd be able to get such an even exposure. Right. Your whole window would be blown out. Right. It's cover, It's holding the... We're looking at a footage right now. and I should bring that down a little bit just to help out. There you even go. Even so, like, I know in grading, it's going to look fine. All it's right. going to look... It's going to... All that detail is going to be there. Can you live with this? That looks better, yeah. Mm-hmm. The foreground gets a little dim, but it's still it's still very usable. Hmm. I would I prefer just... this actually. It's more of a softer, yeah. more in the middle kind okay. of exposure. Let's back it up a little bit. So, um, so when you shoot on uh, uh, film pro- or when you do film projects, yes, uh, it seems like it's more sort of like you can be. I hate to say it, but sloppier. But like, yeah, you I've noticed a lot of people don't have. Um, well, light meters. Yeah, they don't use well, light that's meters. The thing is, I think a lot of people. Well, yeah. So I used to have that mentality of like, this is a recent change in my way of shooting film. I used to be like the guy, where, and this is kind of just like also kind of like like how my styles developed, and I'm gonna probably still do this, but I don't really meter a lot of the times. I'll take like a reading, and a lot because my style is very. I don't really set up shots. I kind of just run. I'm more. I kind of shoot more like document documentary style I feel like okay even when I'm doing narrative work it's very run and gun handheld close up like I'm not really paying attention to coverage I'm just whipping around a lot of times okay and I don't really meet her because of that because I'll maybe take a reading at the start and then if I'm like unsure of myself a few minutes later I'll take another reading but I'm whipping around I'm getting I'm not like you know, I'm not saying like this is where the light is coming from I'm gonna only shoot from this direction I'm really spazzy with my camera right and it's a lot of the way i shoot um so i might take a reading in this direction but then realize i've been shooting in this direction for the last three minutes right Uh, oh shit so but now oh yeah 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 but recently i've been and you know it's the scoopic Uh, when i got the scooping and that has an auto aperture i'm like wow this looks so good when you actually are metering right on the middle yeah Yeah. when you're actually metering yeah the contrast is so much more rich yeah and I'm thinking if, if that's what a scoopic looks like with this Canon lens, then the, the SR2 with the super speed is going to look even better. Right. So I've been metering more because of that, because I've actually seen like what 
proper my my style of shooting with proper exposure looks like. Right. So I want to try to hit that more. That's what why is, I want to get my canoptic fixed because the aperture ring gets stuck. Yeah. So it's so hard to just quickly change it. I got it. I have to literally take be, the lens off. Yeah. You want to be I, I actually running gun. Yeah. Because that's just how I shoot. Like every like, and I tell people this. Like when people hire me for projects, I have to I preface it like it's going to be on film. Mm -hmm. You have to be okay with that. And you have to be okay with whatever you get because I'm not a D. I don't. I want to shoot more, but I'm not a DP. Right. I don't advertise myself as a DP. I'm a colorist first. I'm a DP second. Right. Because I don't understand lighting, and I'm you know I I'm lear trying to learn more. But yeah. for with me, someone can explain it to me as much as they can. Like you put this silk, you put this diffusion. You do. I have to do it. Yeah, I have yeah. to see it so I can prove to myself that is the look I'm gonna get. Right. You know. What's the uh, what do you think the biggest mistakes people make when they shoot first shoot on film? They I think a lot of people are too scared. Yeah. They're too scared to accidentally flash it or yeah. they're too scared they're going to be a stop or two overexposed like ectochrome I understand the fear. Yeah. Negative if it's your first time shooting on film, hopefully it's not a project that's so serious that you're like, "Oh my god, this is like a $10,000 yeah, we'll music video." Yeah. yeah. Do a do a camera test. Uh, if you're not doing a camera test and you're just going for it, just have find fun. somebody with a really good camera. Yeah, and just have fun. Like, just don't don't take it too seriously. Okay. I feel like a lot of new people are taking it way too seriously. They they're overthink afraid. it. They're, yeah, they're afraid they're gonna be like, okay. oh my god. I I'm, mean, they I'm, have reason to be fearful. Yeah, of course. But you know, the, I feel like the more the more fear you have, the more you're gonna fuck mistakes, it up. Mistakes, yeah. The more like, mistakes you have. Like I. I've loaded a music video where I accidentally flat. I opened the thing yeah. and I flashed the whole <laughs> roll and I closed it immediately and I was like, "This is I just We're ruined fucked. this music video." Yeah. They got the film back and there was just a slight burn yeah. and it wasn't even in the frame line. So yeah, it's yeah. like, you know, yeah. film. I I don't even load daylight spools in a bag. I literally load them in the daylight yeah, because I, saw, I know I, I, I know that. the only thing that's going to get burned is like five feet of film. Who cares? Right. Yeah, that's you know. pretty amazing. Yeah. So like, um, it, uh, what would you recommend? people do to start literally just get a daylight spool or get a roll of film and just shoot because you need to you need to should they buy a camera um a film camera a motion picture camera. if if it's something they seriously think they will want to do because because you know you gotta also think about you gotta buy film you gotta pay for processing you gotta pay for scanning yep. and it all adds up very quickly okay like it like for a lot of indie indie projects, it actually makes more sense to shoot film because it's cheaper because yeah. the rental on like an LF or like a Alexa Mini with like Cook S fours, you know, you get a bunch, a film camera with like super speeds, sixteen like an SR two with super speeds isn't gonna run you that much, you know. What is your um, what is your prediction on the future of film? It's um, with companies like HBO, kind of letting the creatives have a little bit more control I think it's gonna come back I mean it's already come, like in the fashion scene everyone's shooting no one's shooting digital yeah. in the ad scene it's all going back how many, how many commercials have we done on film yeah. you know what I mean yeah, yeah. and the ad scene back is to back. back to back and the ad scene is crazy right now with film. and they're trying new things with like uh, image science was telling me at Photochem a lot of commercials oh, yeah. are shooting Shoot film yeah. or shooting digital, digital and, and then the getting printed it yeah, on yeah. a negative like yeah, yeah. 500T Vision 3 yeah. and then scanning that yeah, and then yeah. doing the DI on it because of Greg Frazier because yeah, yeah. that's what he did for Dune and Batman yeah. uh, allegedly I think that's what he did uh, yeah, yeah, something he did. similar he yeah. might have done it on Batman the positive or something yeah. he, he did something like that so you're saying that um, there's still going to be there's going to be room 
There's going to be room. To grow. There's a lot of room film. to grow. I yeah. wouldn't be surprised if uh, Ari announces a new 35 or oh, a really? A camera. I wouldn't be surprised. Well, I don't know. Maybe not a 35, but maybe a 16. Okay. There's um, a lot of features. A lot of features are shooting 16. Right. I mean, the 416 camera is really, I guess, I don't know. I Can they make it that... They would probably say 416 Extreme or 416 or Advanced. 416.2. I mean, they had an yeah. SR1, SR2, SR3, 416.2. Okay. Oh, okay. And it would be it would probably be the same camera. Yeah. Literally, just we're just remaking it with what whatever problems it had fixed. Do you have any fears about, like, that's what a lot of people have fears about with film cameras. Um, I know you're, you're working as a colorist, but we talk about film stuff all the time. Yeah. Do you have any fears of, like, your gear just not having the... Um, the technicians to deal yeah, with it. Yeah, I think it. we talk about this all the time. The fear of the, there not being enough technicians and the ones that are out there just don't want to train anyone. Yeah. It's like some weird stubbornness, but it's like, okay, but you have to understand with this movement, the easiest way to kill this movement is to not, is for Kodak to stop making film Yeah. and is for all the technicians to stop fixing cameras yeah. or retiring and not having anyone lined up to replace them. I think, um, uh, I think Kodak's stance... <clears throat> on this whole thing is as long as there's labs, they're going to keep making film. Sure. But they're a public trade company. So who knows? Cause I mean, I doubt, honestly, I doubt their motion picture Kodak's motion picture department makes them their money. Right. You know, they have a, they're, they're in the medical field. They're making, they make equipment for the medical field. They make a bunch of, you know, everything has a fucking Kodak logo on it now. Like yeah. scanners, like a bunch of random shit. Yeah. Like they're selling their label. And you know, I mean, there's a huge shortage on 16 right now, and that's saying that's saying a lot. Yeah. You know, you can get 35, no problem. But what does that say to you? That tells me that hopefully it's More not. It. Yeah, and hopefully it's not like a we aren't making 16. That's you know what, what I mean. That's yeah, my that's fear is that then. it's like, hey, you know, we're gonna dedicate. We're not doing so well as a company. We're gonna de- dedicate all our resources to 35 because movies shoot 35. Right. Also, um, did you notice that? more and more people are shooting 65. Yeah, I mean, they're making four new cameras. Is an IMAX? Yeah. Yeah, they're, I they're think, developing yeah, cameras. Yeah, they're developing four new Since, IMAX um, cameras. Jordan Peele's project. Yeah. 65. And that's great. And Kodak will make 65 millimeter film for them. I think Kodak, the, one, the good thing about Kodak is I feel like once they're, like, for winning time, or not winning time, uh, Euphoria, yeah. you see something, you know it's going to be good. You see these young DPs Kind of, or these newer DPs kind of trying to starting to make names for themselves, and they're like, "Hey, we want to do something special on film." Right. All right, we're bringing back Ektachrome just for you. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You try it. Yeah. Once everyone goes crazy over this look, yeah. Then we're gonna sell it to everyone. Yeah. And I noticed that too because you can get Ektachrome thirty five now on yeah. uh, Kodak's site. You can. It's only five hundred dollars per four hundred foot. Yeah, but they sell it. They sell it. They yeah. sell it now. They, it's back, and that that just proves that they know. There's a demand, but, you know, and they brought back Ektachrome for 16 first. Yeah, they did. Which is, which I thought it would be the opposite. They know their market. They know their market. I think, I think the market is very much in a big evolutionary period right now. And, and it's dangerous because it could go either way. You know, if these shortages continue, it'll deter a lot of people from shooting film because the prices are going way up for 16. Absolutely. But you know what? The thing is, is, it just becomes more and more sort of like exclusive. Exclusive. Yeah, and I guess you get more of like the whole like the like the, the elites, the community. We don't want. Yeah, and the but the community, I think, you know, they trade, they talk. Yep. You know, people trade expired films still. Yeah. People have you. You never know some dude that has a stockpile. I mean, I literally 
Some guy had a whole fridge full of 35 millimeters sold to me for 300 bucks. <laughs> he didn't know what what's he had. A, what's you know uh, what I mean? in 35 millimeter now? 35, and I'm trying to flip it for 16, and no one wants it. It's, it's, like, it's crazy. <laughs> so, well, you get more bang for your buck. Yeah, I mean, I, just, I, would, I wish I could just take it to Carter and like, cut this in half and, <laughs> and give me new purples. So, Seriously. Uh, so, speaking of which, the expired stuff, what's, the, what's your tips on buying expired film? Just cheapest is better? Be careful. With yeah, if it's cheap, just go for it. But if it's not cheap, at least see if there's a camera test or something. Yeah. Ask the person if they shot it. Try to find out what year it was uh, made, and see how long, see how it was stored. Yeah. That's the big thing is storage. Is there a is there a um, is there like a deal breaker when it comes to the vision lines or even the XR lines? Any sort of thing where you go, I can't get past. I'm not going to buy anything past. Vision 2. I have a roll. I have a daylight spool of EXR I got with my Scoopic sealed. I haven't shot it yet. But you gave me those two rolls of uh, 320 Vision. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I shot 100 feet of it, and it was fine. It literally looks... And it was underexposed. I knew it was underexposed, and it still looked fine. Yeah, it was cool. You know, I mean, that's a look, you know? Film, I just... Yeah, it's a a look. Think about that, Jack. Like... Like the color, the color they did back then, it's like not it's, the same as Vision Three. I think Vision it was made to print. Little, yeah, Vision yeah. Three is a little bit. Vision Three is made to scan. Yeah, Vision Three is very scanned. Because yeah. when you scan like Vision or Vision Two, it's yeah. like, oh yeah, this looks yeah. like old film. But like, um, think about that three twenty T survived all those years. Dude, I'm pretty sure that that roll is older than I am. <laughs> 320 is Vision 1. Okay. Yeah, when did yeah you're Vision, only like 24, when, 25. 26. When did Vision start? When, they, when did they switch? Because it was uh, EXR 90, and then they did went to Vision, 98, right? 97. Okay, so I was a little child. 90, yeah. But so, yeah, but they didn't introduce 320 until much later. Wow. So, but okay, so, yeah, you might not have been bored, but that roll of film before pre-Jag being born yeah. has survived all these years yeah. and has, the temperature fine. fluctuates up and down. Yep. Whatever you shoot now is unique to that project. Yep. If you try to replicate yeah, it any can. other way, you're not going to be able Even to. Even in color, man. I mean, you Isn't that crazy? Like, you need like there's no consistency. Yeah, there's no consistency, and it's been like roll to roll too. Back then, I feel like there was a lot less consistency. Oh yeah, especially well, especially batch to batch. Well, back in the old days, if you were going to shoot a feature, let's say you shoot a yeah feature, they yeah, cut you, from the same sheet. Yeah, you would get it. Yeah, yeah. you get yeah. So they know exactly because you order it. However many feet you think you're going to shoot. I wonder how. I wonder if that's the case today still. Like if, if they told me no. No, really. No. They told me no. Yeah, because they're they probably so. They're probably the science behind the consistency is probably so good now. It's like who cares? Yeah. Well, yeah. There's also like. Well, you know what I was also thinking with, with this whole like, sh- like, shortage on resources and like just shipping logistics, and I was thinking like, there's a lot of quality control issues with just digital products like. Because the chip shortage and oh, yeah, yeah. metal shortages, yeah. like you're not getting shit that's made as it should be. Okay. And I'm like, how does this translate to like chemistry? Like, do you think? Like, I think like maybe whatever, like those Death Star rolls, yeah. those ones in the yeah, plastic the black, cans. Yeah, like, who plastic. knows? Like, yeah, we know that there's a the plastic. They can't get the metal, so they're using plastic. But what about like the chemistry that goes into the film? Like, if they're ha- mm. if they've had to do something different, you know, I always think about that. Mm. If they've had to use like a different type of this different type of thing to make the film, you right. know, because of the pandemic or See, the shortages. The thing is, it's like there's so many variables in film that yeah. are created by both or how every, long it's, everybody it else was sat on a in a shipping container before it got to us. Yeah, that's gonna affect. That's it. gonna affect it for sure. You're right. 
you know, if there's a hang shipping logistics, even yeah. if it's not going overseas, like there's shipping logistics. Yeah, but it's sitting in a warehouse for two months longer this, than it should be. Yeah, but that kind of conversation just scares the living bejesus out of DPs because they yeah. want they want things to look the way they want it. Or to it look. shouldn't. If anything, yeah. and DP should embrace it. I think a lot of people need to start embracing the the characters characteristics of film. Yeah, people, regardless people of are how. Too, People are too uptight about making it look as clean as possible. Okay. It's like you're shooting film, yeah. then you should embrace whatever the film yeah. is getting back to you. Yeah, and then there's grain, and they go, uh, it's too grainy. And it's like, well, it's what do you expect? Yeah. So what do you, uh, what do you wish more DPs would do as a co- like, from your perspective as a colorist? Um, light it? No, I mean, I think DPs should learn printer lights. Oh, okay. I think a lot of D- new DPs, they have no, especially... Good they answer. Have, no idea what printer lights are and print, uh, printer lights and, and especially in Resolve oh my god it is the only way to grade yeah Pr- minor primaries for contrast yeah. and printer lights for color is the best to get lo- like really cool looks okay. I feel like and you very clean look digital and film yeah like I always I'm always on my printer lights keyboard I'm just like this is like cause especially if you're a colorist okay two reasons one two reasons DP one because if you want your stuff to look like film, it's because of printer lights. Okay. Like, yeah, Lift yeah, yeah. Gamma Gain was yeah. made for video. It wasn't made... Well, okay, I don't, want, I don't know the full history, but Lift Gamma Gain is a video grading system. Right. Offset and printer lights is for film. Okay. Right? So, know that as a DP because it, they're two completely different looks. If I'm adding contrast with the mid-tone wheel rather than adding points in the in the overall it's two completely different philosophies doing the same thing so okay. you're gonna get two different looks another thing is for a dp and if you want to be a colorist is it trains your eye mm. because you'll be you'll start looking at things and you'll be like this is red okay. and no one around you is gonna say it's red they're gonna be like this looks fine yeah. but you're gonna look at something like this is magenta this is cyan this is yellow yeah. and when you grade in printer lights then you're like, oh, I see it. Mm. I finally see. Like, I I get what what print light says. It's like, oh yeah, this is a point to red. Right. And you can communicate that because you, because wow. it's funny when you're when I was working with the last DP and he just speaks in film terms yeah, and yeah. he's a veteran film DP. Yeah. When when they're like, oh, it's two points red. It's kind of like a weird understanding of what that means because like, you know, you can interpret what two points red means. But yeah. Yeah. It's like the feeling of subtracting two points or adding two points is like mutual amongst everyone that's seeing it, if that makes sense. Hmm. You know, like if you say take two points away and I, and I take two points away, I feel like you and I are going to see the same image. Right. Whereas I feel like if someone's like, oh, can you add a little red in the shadows? Okay. My interpretation of oh, red in the shadows right. is different from your interpretation right. of red in the shadows. Right. Whereas I think film terms is more of a common film, film okay. uh, printer lights is more of a common so that's a, language. That's a good question to be like the communication between colorist and yeah. DP. Yeah, that's and huge. I think printer lights is like printer lights is yeah. like common, right? It's like it's like everyone learns yeah. English. Everyone should yeah, learn yeah, yeah. printer lights. Yeah, okay. You know because awesome. it's it's a very it's like numbers. Yeah, everyone yeah. know one two three is yeah. going to be the same everywhere you go. Could I say something like warmer? Is that that's too warm? The, yeah, and in. in and if I was going to do it in printer lights, then, okay, if it's too warm, I'm going to subtract. Then I would look at it, be like, okay, warm, how does it feel? Oh, it's too red. I'd subtract red. Oh, it's too yellow. I'd okay. subtract yellow. Or be like, oh, this needs cyan. Okay. You know. So they don't have to talk in numbers. No, I mean, a lot of times they won't talk in numbers. Emotion, I mean, yeah. unless they, they know. Like, 
like you kind of train if it's a client you work with a lot yeah, it's, yeah. It's, you kind of just subconsciously but the older guys them. talk very specifically yeah the older yeah. guys they're always talking about offset like yeah. this make the den- like density yeah you know and they're like this the, the, like you know video guys will be like oh crush the shadows crush yeah, the blacks yeah. yeah film guys will be like the density doesn't look right and I feel like that's a better discussion to start with because okay. density is different than crushing okay. the blacks and I feel like when a lot of people, when they are like, crush the blacks, what they're really meaning is add density, okay. not crush the blacks. And Matt was something that really opened my eyes up to this uh-huh. because when, when that DP we worked with, when he would say, oh, things are feeling too dark or things are feeling too light, Matt told me what he really means is he's having a problem with the density, okay. not, the, not the highlights and not the shadows. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And the best way to communicate that on video terms, it's mid-tone, it's the mid-tone wheel, not okay. the mid-tone ball, it's the mid-tone wheel. So if you bring that down, it emulates what bringing down the offset, bringing down the density does for wow. lights. Dude, this is blowing my mind, man. Yeah, communication so between colors. Communication and is super important. And, and you, being a freelancer, you, I've worked with enough amazing yeah. people and too many shitty people yeah. <laughs> to learn how everyone communicates. Yeah. There's, like, there's five clients in this world. Yeah. There's, and they all talk exactly. So once you can identify, oh, this person's going to be client, type, yeah, yeah. type A client, yeah, yeah. then you know how to navigate those channels. Because, yeah, that's really kind of, as if you're going to go into the coloring yeah. world, um, there's a lot of people that want. Yeah. There's a lot of people that want to give you their two cents. Like, oh, this is too dark, and yeah. then you darken it. And they're like, oh, it's too dark now, and then, or you you brighten it, and they're like, oh, this is too bright now, and you, you darken it, but you bring it back exactly to like yeah. the same place. Like, yeah, this looks was. perfect. It's like <laughs> you don't want to tell them you landed in the same place because then they're gonna be like, oh, I gotta right. change something. Then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just let them feel like they did something right. You know, I'm not. We're not laughing at the clients. We're just. This is how you deal with personalities. Yeah, it's just business. how you have to deal with. It. Everyone does yeah. it. Everyone. Yeah. If you're a freelancer or someone dealing with yeah. people, you're you're doing that in your field. Do you find people who shoot on film happier with their result than digital? They're more critical of their result. Really? Yeah, I would say they're more critical of their result. Because I think because of the money they're spending on film and uh, how much okay. attention to detail they're putting in the film, they yeah. want it. They, they Like, I've seen it here all the time. Yeah. All the film guys are way more sent stills every setup. Yeah. Or three stills per setup, every camera. <laughs> Whereas the digital guys, they don't, they don't care okay. half the time. But that, this comes with also, like, caring about your project then, I think. Yeah, and, yeah. you know... Film, film directors that shoot film, yeah. like I, I would, res- I respect them, and I would rather work with them than yeah. digital people that shoot digital because, like, they they obviously see value in their arts to yeah. sh- to in this day and age to shoot it on film to convince the big studio we're shooting this on film. Right, right. If you want to hire me to make your movie, we're doing we're doing film. shooting yeah. on film. And then I love the directors like. Um, Adam McKay, who's like dedicated to shooting and, on film, I mean, Adam which I'm confused about, but that's really cool. Yeah, and it's cool, and he's someone that can because he's yeah. Adam McKay. He's like he's built enough of repertoire as a comedy satire director. Yeah, that and no matter what studio he goes to, they're gonna be like, yeah, but we'll embrace it. It's so We're bizarre. Listen to you. It's so bizarre that it's it's a mar- like he's dedicated to it, and but well, his content doesn't well, necessarily. I I think I think a lot of the problem is a lot of people want to shoot film. A lot of very beautifully created minded people want to shoot film Got it. it's the creative directors uh-huh. it's the production companies that uh, and the clients that are the breaks right you know it's like you're doing a project for Vogue and you're like we're going to shoot film you're yeah, like yeah. okay shoot film let's see what this looks like and yeah. they're like this is too grainy blah 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 we're going to denoise it we're going to make this you know those are the kind of clients that take 
the art away from the film because right. it's not selling, it's not giving them the look, the sell, the, the clean, sharp look they want. But then I've noticed with like studios like HBO where it's like, I feel like if Adam McKay's like, I want to do winning time on film. Yeah. And I only want to use cameras from that era down to Ikigamis. Yeah. Gonna, <laughs> you, need, you need a production company that's like, that's sick, I want to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I feel like if he wasn't Adam McKay and he wasn't going to HBO, they'd be like, no, you're shooting LF. Okay. No, you're shooting red. Okay, let's say somebody else brought winning time to them and said, hey, uh, I want to shoot film. They'd it's like, like, no, you're shooting off. this on a red camera. Yeah. Because we, for whatever reason, we need it to be a 4K deliverable. It's right. like, okay, cool. But, it, just, but, but I feel like yeah. a lot of creative people want to do this, yeah. but then get a lot of pushback. So then when they, they, don't when they do have to do yeah. it half-assed, yeah. it's not how it, and it just gets Did muddy. You, the new, you notice, yeah, true. But, you know, I've noticed to. a lot of people are putting their foot down. They're like, if you don't want us to do it, I'm not, I'm not going to yeah. do it with you guys. But I notice also the, the, some of the reason, and I always, I always, my empathy goes with these people and sympathies as well. Yeah. Um, the people who fight to shoot on film and yeah. then it's not the result that comes out yeah. and they're to blame because they yeah, fought. Yeah, they're to blame because they, they fought, fought so, hard. so hard to shoot on film. Yeah, and that's a problem. But, it you breaks know, my heart to see that. But, and that's why more people are critical of their work because they yeah. probably got that bite back yeah, yeah. and they're like, you can't shoot film again. And I've been, dude, I've been on sets where it's like a music video and the label some label rep is there and yeah. it's they're like oh this is film and they're like looking at the monitor and they're like why does this look like shit yeah. and it's like they don't understand yeah yeah and they're so they already they're day one on set they're already defensive about it and they already want to change how, how you're doing it because yeah. they just think it's not going to so that's rippling through everyone it's making the DP feel uneasy it's making the director feel uneasy and it's like okay, they're really not happy with what they're seeing yeah but they're not seeing it they're not yeah. seeing a the scan final, negative yeah. you know they're seeing a 720p or a 480p tap yeah. and an old camera and when they're like well we don't have playback yeah. it's like well, yeah. why are we even doing this yeah, yeah. such a risk yeah. it's not a risk it's how people were doing it they've been doing it longer than digital cameras have been around yeah, yeah. there's no risk to it yeah. it's I, just because you haven't been exposed to it to make it a risk yeah, yeah. they're just used to that kind of workflow I guess yeah. um, I'm really happy that the younger generation is picking it up because my generation as I've said in the past have we're happy and not happy to let, let it go. And I was like, yeah. what? you guys haven't even mastered that. Well, it's because I feel like it was just the ease. The digital was so appetizing. You know, yeah, it's like, oh, I you know. don't have to wait. I can get you my dailies back tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. And I can sit in. I can get playback. Yeah. You know, it's... But the thing I've always heard when I started out was, oh, it's good enough. It's, yeah. it's terrible. Yeah, it's, That's it's a terrible, terrible. attitude. Yeah, it's, it's a horrible attitude to have. You ever going to buy a, a 35 motion picture? Camera? Mm-hmm. I, the cost of 35 doesn't... I don't think I'd personally sh- buy 35mm film. Okay. Because 400 feet is like three minutes of film yeah. for four perf, and it's like $370, $400. You know what I mean? Right. So it's not like it's you like, couldn't always like... Because you don't shoot enough, you can always borrow somebody's camera. Right? Yeah. You know, I know I could borrow a camera from you, or yeah, if yeah, I really sure. needed to and I had the film, I could rent a camera. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, yeah. you know, I've pretty decent connections but I feel like I could yeah. get a good great package for not that much do you recommend people buy a film camera like a motion picture film camera like to, a 16 let's today, say today today if you're considering it today buy one because okay. the prices are only going they're up they're just going up yeah right? you're going to okay. be left behind because I always uh, fear the whole everything costs dude everything you add to your camera costs money <laughs> everything everything I mean if it's not the film it's accessories like I just yes. bought um, a lens like support yeah. rails yeah did you get the 19s no, 15th. I need to get. It came. It was, it was like a lens support for like a map box or for like a yeah, the motor. Handles, yeah. Um, 
No, it's not even for handles. This is the one you know when the SR has a thing in front in front of the yeah the right clip. in front yeah. the clip. Three hundred bucks. I bought one of those. Yeah, yeah, I'm I like, got one. Of those. When am I gonna ever use this? I don't even have a map box or a, or a follow focus. But now I'm like, oh, I can get one. So it just yeah. especially when you own the camera, yeah, you yeah. want to kit it out. As yeah, much as you, want. you kit it out. It's fun. Yeah. Like you sold me a tripod. I'm like, I'm this is the only tripod I'm ever gonna need for yeah. this camera. Dude, I, I missed that tripod, by the way. You can use it anytime you want. You, I fixed it. Yeah. I fixed it. I, 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 I put glue where the, the thing I took, the, I took an Allen key, and, I, yeah. and it works fine now. Because <laughs> I always uh, want something so mobile. That's a mobile tripod. versus, And you can take it off the spreaders. Yeah. That's even cooler. Because yeah. then you can go out in the field somewhere. I really like the head is very smooth. I mean, it's, yep. Oh, it's an O'Connor. It's amazing. So anyway, that's, uh, I guess that's it for our, our podcast, Jack. Sure. So no film school. You hate it. Um, Except AFI. My, my, advi- my advice is if you are going to film school or considering film school or have to go to film school to make someone happy, you find <laughs> you have to do more than film school to make it in the industry. I, like at CSUN, so many people okay. thought they'd go get a degree and become an editor yeah. at the local 600, 700 editor like tomorrow. Right. And it's like they're sh- like shocked when it doesn't happen. And I'm like, what do you say? <laughs> and, and a lot of... And the, and, I and love the, it. And it's like... Yeah. meet people in film school because yeah. like for every 10 people you meet two of them are going to make it in the industry if that yeah yeah and like all the people I know that made it in the industry they all work here because I got them jobs yeah yeah you know what I mean and it's like um, <laughs> oh that's funny and f- very few of them became DPs very yeah. few of them like successful like shooting DPs you right. know so uh, keep your expectations low keep your expectations low <laughs> and, and abuse like abuse as much as if, if your school has a film camera and they're letting you rent it out rent it Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, like, yeah. use take, the resources. Take initiative. You yeah. know, if, if they have an Avid and you want to learn how to cut an Avid, go on the Saturday and yeah. learn how to cut an yeah. Avid because they're not going to teach gonna, you. Yeah. They're not yeah. They're going to teach you what the buttons do, but they're not yeah. going to teach you how to use the buttons. I feel like uh, the film school stuff is all, like, <coughs> using their resources to your advantage. So they have insurance. Yeah. They have the hardware to play back certain things. Yeah. But the rest of that, if you guys are driven and ambitious to do something... Get outside the box. Yeah, get outside you have the school to, box. You have to get out of film school. Yeah, and do your own thing. Yeah. But don't you know? Don't put yourself and, in and expect expect a lot of pushback. And and oh, yeah, sometimes yeah. you're just gonna have to shut up and just listen to what the school says. But understand that's just the school proving to you that they don't believe in anything you're doing. Yeah. But also don't be arrogant because yeah, a lot of a lot there are a lot of smarter people in that in those classes than you think. Yeah. That'll really quickly will tear you down if you're wrong about something. Yeah. Because film is very pretentious, yeah. especially in film school. <laughs> I talked so, to an I talked to an editor once and uh-huh. he's like, when I'm hiring an AE, I specifically hire AEs that did not go to film school. Because they have a certain attitude about they think because they went to film school uh-huh. they're like top shit. Yeah. But they have no idea how real industry workflows like. Yeah. True. I mean, it's, it's doing what you can to get it done. Yeah. That's the weirdest part. Like, I remember um, I made the mistake of saying, t- telling somebody I went to film school. I had a master's degree in yeah. film school. He said, well, I guess you're smart enough to get me a cup of coffee. Yeah. See, literally, like, dude, it's, I, I've, I've talked to those people, too, and it's like, yeah, they don't want to work with people that went to yeah. film school. No, it's, you're right about the attitude. Because they already um, assume you're arrogant. They yeah. assume just because you did four years at NYU or Chapman, you know, Ooh, the most modern, the <laughs> yeah. most modern yeah, workflow yeah. for yeah. this movie. Yeah. Every movie is different. It's so funny that some of them come out like kind of giving advice, and I'm like, "Whoa, bro!" Yeah, it's like, dude, you have no idea. You have no idea what you're doing. And that's that's uh that's kind of a, 
shitty thing to say to young people who are and, and a lot of young help. people would be like oh I know this person at this production company and they're gonna help me it's like yeah. you might know who that person is that person doesn't know you yeah so the whole like I know a guy thing yeah that's cool if it goes both ways yeah yeah because if that person doesn't know you when you go hit them up for a favor thing they're like dude I don't even know who your name yeah <laughs> So Hollywood is not a who you, who who you know industry. It's a who knows you industry. Ooh, so you have to. I like build, that. Yeah, my one of my film yeah. professors, the only really? film professor that it, there were two film professors at, at CSUN I appreciated. Uh-huh. That one of them taught me that, and that really rippled. Wow, wow. Because look, I knew who you were. Yeah. But if you didn't know who I was, yeah, I wouldn't have the show. That's job. so true. So I made it. I made an effort for you to know who I was. That's crazy. That is crazy, and uh, Eric's the same way. He's yeah. he's ambitious. Like, yeah, you he, need the ambition. Yeah, I mean, like you, you could just tell. Like, film is fifty percent personality, fifty yeah. percent technique. So, in terms of like the celluloid side of uh, film, what type of person do you think is going to gravitate to this uh, type of art? I guess. What do you um, think? What type? You know, so a lot of people right now, a lot of young people that are like, you know. Sure, there's a lot of content out there and a lot of it's shit, but the good content everyone talks about, you know, like the Euphorias, the Winning Times, like the big yeah. film shows. Yeah. Once you get younger people in that loop, then they're going to be like, oh, I want my stuff to look like this. Right. Because I feel like when I was growing up, 5D was like the camera, right? <laughs> so it's like everyone was like, I want the shallow depth for cheap because no one understood what ND was or they're like, wow, we can actually put a super 35 sensor in a digital camera and make it a consumer friendly everyone wanted that look but now when everyone is like this look it looks like shit yeah i want a clean film look then people are gonna be like that's the look i want then they're gonna try to figure okay. out how to get that then look. they do the research to then find they do it, the research trying to figure it out yeah. do you like um people who the first time shooting on film bring you stuff yeah, I, I encourage. I I would. I like, like I love book, coloring first people's first, yeah, first projects. First project yeah, that because, they ever shot on film. Because I encourage them to come to the sessions because if I have the time. Yeah. Because yeah, you're really busy. Because if it's their first time shooting film, it's probably their first time shooting something, or they're early in their career. They probably haven't worked with the colorist. Okay. Um, that might. If it's film, that might not necessarily be the case, but it's a different grading experience for sure. Okay. You know, I'm I'm there. I'm busting out my Pernalites keyboard, and yeah, they're like, yeah. "What the hell is that?" I'm yeah, like, yeah, it's exciting. That's green, and I can yeah. see that. You can't see it, but that's green. Yeah. You know, it's like once you develop an eye. Do you remember the first time you saw the first image come up when you shot film? Yeah, it remember was that, that photo cam? I okay. do. It was that photo cam because I. This is another initiative I took in film school. So it was free, and they didn't tell us it was free. But when we submitted when for this project, we did our, we had to get it telecined at Photochem, and on the telecine on the paper, it said they had like a pre-made template, and you just followed their checkboxes. Okay. To, and then they had one that was supervised session, uh, unsupervised supervised. And I asked, I was like, I was like, is this an extra charge? And they were like, no. And I was like, could I super, could I go to the session? They were like, we don't encourage it, but you can. What? Film school. What? Literally film school. So I was like, well, I want to be a colorist, and this guy's doing my telecine. I don't have no idea what a telecine is, but I know it's something that has to do with scanning film. Right. So I did it, and Photochem was like, yeah, I mean, you're a client, yeah. so you can come to supervise the session. It's not going to cost you anymore, because they're going to run it anyway. Yeah. And I sat down with one of the DI colorists that worked on Star Wars, the, the prequels, and he was doing, and so when I walked in, the very first frame was the first shot 
with the hole punch. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah, yeah. Now everyone throws a hole punch in their music videos and they have no idea what it means. Yeah. You know, this yeah, like, yeah, I know. <laughs> but, um, they think that's, you know what's funny? They think that's the two pop. Yeah, they think they'll it's the two pop. They'll they, put a, um, yeah. a beep there and it's like, wait, that's not the two pop. But, you know, I, I remember back in 97, 98 when I first got, when I first saw that image pop up, I'm like, oh, thank God. Yeah, it's crazy. And then and the cool thing is they had the <laughs> spirit, they had the spirit telecine machine in the room. Yeah, yeah. So while the guy's playing it back, you see the film going, you're like, yeah. it's such it's a trippy magical. thing to see like, oh my God, yeah. it's right there. Yeah, and yeah. I'm, I'm seeing that tiny frame blown up here. And yeah. dude, and when you're coloring yeah. on the telecine side, oh my God, the dynamic range is so wide. Yeah. Because you're literally coloring like the negative. Yeah. And then it gets scanned to digital and then you're doing your grade on top of that. Yeah. But it's like, oh my. It's, it's magical, right? I had a like shot that was literally black yeah. and he brought all the detail and I was, it blew my mind. Yeah. I was like, that is that's range. You can't you and can't do that with an Alexa. LA. The thing the thing is, it's like I I also encourage people at some point to go to these color sessions just to see the magic that oh, happens because yeah. you're like you see a flat log scan and you're like, uh, and then well, when things you know, are put well, in, honestly, it's up to the studios to start allowing more in person sessions. Like a lot of I talk oh, to a lot right, of right. signed DPs and yeah. a lot of times production They'll, just they don't want to pay it. like they don't want the DP to go to the session. Right, it's like. Wait, ridiculous is, is, what's the main reason besides paying probably money? a cost thing probably yeah. they don't want DP's input on the show's look like okay. you know it's yeah. probably, there's probably some if politics it, behind if it's it. a series it's a politics yeah you know and especially if, you, if it's like if you're an alternating DP yeah, you're yeah. not the main DP yeah, yeah. I could understand like the DP already set the look mm-hmm. you don't want to start messing too much with that because then you're going to get a lot of butting heads yeah but you know, I think I think places need to start encouraging more people to come in free sessions with top colorists in the world. Yeah, yeah. Get that experience because yeah. it's only going to inspire them. If, not, if they don't make it as a director, they can and they're like, "Well, I'll just do something in post." You yeah, know? yeah. No, it's it's a joy to see film come up on screen. And, yeah, man. And then you saw it on the big screen too. Yeah. It's, Was that the first time you saw it on the big on the screen? Like what film? Uh, yeah, on the projected? on the theater screen. Yeah. The first time I saw, I mean, I mean, when I was oh, younger, something you worked on. Of something I worked on? Yeah, correct. Yeah, I think so. Really? Yeah. On Eric's project? That was the first time you saw it on the big screen? On a big screen. I didn't, see, I didn't even see Foulmouth on a big screen. Really? I didn't get a chance to go to the screener. I was in yo, Louisiana. That, oh, that's right. But, yo, that... Yeah, I know. I saw it. I was like, looks, oh, looks I great. wish I would have seen it in the theater. Because um, he projected, he got a film print. Yeah, he got it printed. Did and that's the print? The, I did not see the print. Damn. But seeing Eric's film on, on a big screen was kind of crazy. Because, yeah. like... That film, when you're watching a small film, it doesn't hit the same when you're watching it big. Yes. Like the pacing, yeah, yeah, yeah. when you're watching the pacing on a small screen doesn't feel as fluid. But when you're watching that pacing on a big screen, how slow those shots are, you're like, wow, there's so much to look at. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's a different experience. Yeah. I know. There's the, the and, and now everyone, different... now all these streaming services are like no more big screens. Every Watch it on your phone. Yeah. Which is which? Uh, Skinner and I were talking about this. It kind of changes the dynamics of how you watch movies as well, yeah. and how you act, and how you direct. Because the problem is on a small how you screen, color too, and on and how you color. Dude, everyone's QCing things on iPhones and iPads. Oh God! You know, I you know you spend ten thousand dollars on a monitor, and it's like, yeah. well, how does this look on my phone? Yeah, yeah. Or you go to a color bay, and they have a thirty thousand monitor here, and then a two million dollar projector here, and then a thousand dollar LG TV that the, that's the only yeah. thing that's on is the TV. <laughs> watch it on a yeah. Samsung but it makes sense like but it makes sense because those TVs are extremely calibratable and they're they have a lot of them have filmmaker mode now and they're consumer displays you right. want a color for that 
So, uh, well, this is incredible. Thank you for uh, yeah, letting man. me ambush you in the in the bay here while we actually go through a session. Yeah, a scan actually, session. Actually Goofing off, yeah. So, sixteen millimeter, and we it's we are crazy time. It froze yeah. actually. No, I stopped it. Oh, you stopped it. Yeah, because it's done. Wow, wow, wow. So anyway, <clears throat> yes, Tom. Excuse me. Thank you for uh, talking to me and being. A uh, good sport about being ambushed. Oh, yes. Jack I'm always Tash- around. Tashjian? Jack Tashjian, digital colorist. Film colorist. Film colorist. <laughs> DI colorist. One day someone will hire me for <laughs> that job. You'll get there, man. You're, yeah. you're, no, you're already there. I'm climbing. You're there. You're there. A few more years. Got some, no, you already got some features under your belt. Yeah, but not here. Ah, uh, you want the big dog. Yeah, I want, I want the big dog. All right. Yeah. Well, you get there. Bye, Jack. Thanks. Bye. I love you, Tom. <laughs> Love you too, Jack.